Welcome to The Sway Effect, a podcast series featuring the innovators, disruptors, movers, and shakers that are shaping the marketing communications industry today. I'm Jennifer Risi, the founder and president of The Sway Effect. Together, we will explore what's now and what's next and the trends that are shaping our industry today. On this latest episode, we're going to be discussing all things Twitter and what these developments will mean for the future of social media platforms. In the recent weeks since Elon Musk has taken over, there has been growing concern amongst advertisers around content moderation policies, leaving many to question the future of privacy and data on the platform. Many brands such as Pfizer, General Mills, Mondelez, and GM have paused their spending, and organizations like our very own client, advertising industry leader, the 4As, believe that we are at an inflection point about the platforms that we will use to connect communities and build experience in the future. So where does this leave the future of advertising on social media platforms? And what does the future of social media look like? Many think that Instagram and Snap can be next. Today, I'm joined by Jessica Haygate, Associate Editor and Technology Editor at Campaign US. Welcome, Jessica. Thanks so much for having me. In your role at Campaign, you have a constant pulse on all things technology. And I know you've been covering these topics quite extensively. Let's get right into it. You recently wrote an article on media watchdogs and DNI advocates rebunking Elon Musk's Twitter acquisition. Much is still up in the air, but we know a lot of uncertainty is looming around Twitter regarding data, privacy, and security. What has reporting on this topic looked like, and what are the dangers of Musk's proposed changes to Twitter's content moderation practices? Reporting on this topic is chaotic, um, mainly because of Musk's character. He U-turns so often that it we have to be very careful about um, you know, how we report on things, whether they there is kind of truth in what he is saying or whether he's gonna very quickly um, you know, go back on on plans. So it's it's difficult to to kind of stay up to date. You know, I was um sharing before we started recording this that I wrote a story last week and an hour after we published the whole story was um, you know kind of changed and we had to go back and, and read it all again. And it's it's a very challenging environment. You know, he is um, unlike many other um, social media bosses, um, very the opposite of media trained, I would say. <laughs> um, and so there's definitely uh, dangers to um, the, his approach. I will say like a lot of, you know, the things that he had planned to do they're, they're, they're coming out not fully how he had initially intended. So I think, um, you know, it's slightly ironic. He pledged to to get rid of all of the spam on Twitter, but many of the policies that he has rolled out um, remove the guardrails that protected spam and impersonation from spreading too widely. So we saw last week there was um, uh, his verified check mark, which you now pay $8 to get, there were people paying $8 and impersonating brands. And because 50% of the workforce is gone now, when um, a brand, Ellie Lilly, had reached out and said, can you get rid of these impersonators? This is very bad for our brand safety. No one was responding for a while. And so the way that that brand responded is to pause spend, which um, there was a piece that was written in the Washington Post where they were talking about, is it is $8 of verified checkmark going to, recoup the lost advertising revenue that we're seeing because of all the brand safety risks that are now on the platform because the, a lot of the guardrails have been taken down and the staff that used to be kind of responsible for that most of them have gone and so 
more and more every day we kind of see a new advertiser, a new agency group recommending their clients pause spend. Like it's certainly short term going to be very challenging for them. Um, you know, Musk was talking about potentially them going out of business. And so I think it's right now um, it's chaos, but we'll see how it kind of how the dust settles and if he goes back on a lot of um, what he said or actually doubles down. I think there's always going to be an audience. It's whether there's going to be any kind of revenue generated enough to support the operations of the business is a big question. Well, it's funny. I was talking with our team when I reached out to you about doing this and I'm like, you know, by the time we put this up, God knows what's going to change. Exactly what you said. You wrote a story and then it was like in a couple hours, it was, you had to change the story. You know, how how are you seeing brands and, and next, next secondarily agencies advising brands to navigate right now? I know we're hearing about pausing on advertising spend, but you know, the, the chaos, the barrage of, of, of just communication coming at us. I mean, I think he said this morning that he feels there's too much on his plate. He's overloaded. I mean, a lot of this is like self-inflicted, but how do, how are agencies right now helping their brands to navigate this world? We've, you know, we've, we've kind of been here before in terms of there have been brand safety crises. Agencies have navigated, um, tricky waters before so it's not you know uh kind of uncharted territory i think generally the way and when we speak to, to to media buyers the way that they generally deal with these environments you know whether it was the youtube brand safety crisis or facebook's many crises they've had over the years is to to be pause and be thoughtful and and, and don't rush to say everyone pull everything immediately because um, then there may be situations where actually pulling is kind of the worst thing that that you could do for the advertiser. Um, I think a lot of the time they just want some assurances and with assurances, uh, platforms can very easily kind of get themselves out of a lot of this mess. And that's, you know, where, how YouTube and how Facebook have navigated these situations in the past is being very communicative with the advertising industry and holding their hands up and saying, you know, we we got something wrong, but we're working on it. And um, he, here are all the steps and very clearly outlining all the steps that we have taken. The challenge that we're having with Twitter is they are not doing that. They're, there's very little communication. Um, I mean, the communication that there has been last week, you know, the head of security and uh, Musk and, uh, and several other executives held a call with advertisers. And the following day, the head of security left, you know, so the, I think the challenge is, while they're while they're trying to reach out to advertisers and saying, look, like we are still um, protecting your brands, we are still doing this. Like I don't know how much advertisers are really believing in in that messaging, um, mainly because the actions seem to to tell a different story. So um, I think in general we're seeing a lot more pausing than we might see with other platforms. And I think the the other quick factor to mention is. Pausing is easy on Twitter because it doesn't account for a huge proportion of advertising revenue. So I guess advertisers aren't really seeing a huge amount of risk if they say, well, let's just pull or pause because it's not going to have a detriment, a hugely detrimental impact on their existing media plans where they may be a bit more considerate if it was a, a Facebook or a YouTube, which has much higher proportion of advertising revenue. That was one thing I was going to ask you because I've I've been seeing a lot of that as well. Like, yes, pause, 
but also in the grand scheme of things in the mix, you know, Twitter is not, let's say the leading social media platform that, that brands invest in. Um, it's more of, of seen as, as, a, as a channel where a lot of people get their news and, and you also advertise on it also because it's a good place to be. Um, you know, looking at looking at like events, like you have the Super Bowl coming up and, and other key things and milestones coming up in the new year. How long does this go on? Like, I mean, how do how do brands who are planning for a campaign, for example, at a short term initiative like the Super Bowl, what do they do? Uh, it's a good question because it's it's very unpredictable, um, isn't it? You know, I think this is a kind of a, a strange scenario that we're in where if they're planning for the Super Bowl and and um, and then that's coming up quickly, they're not entirely sure in what situation Twitter is going to be as a platform. Equally, equally not as sure how any platform is going to be doing during that time. It's it's difficult to plan, and I think that's why what what we have generally seen in the advertising industry over the past couple of years, because of a lot of these issues, is there's a lot of risk mitigation by having strategies that cross lots of different platforms, like not putting your eggs in, into one basket. Um, so I can't imagine there would ever be a brand that would say, okay, we're going to put you know, a large proportion of our spend in one platform for one major event. I think they would um, mitigate risk by just spreading their spreading their bets. And so that if they had to quickly turn off one platform, that's not it's not going to mean that their entire um, advertising campaign is going to be awful, going to be paused. You know, one of the things I mentioned earlier was um, Foray's um, Ashwini Karandikar, who you speak to quite often, mm -hmm. talked about the fact that we're at an inflection point, an inflection point of how we use these platforms to connect and to share information. You know, let's take it a little bit beyond Twitter. Um, how do you see social media evolving? I mean, if, if we're at an inflection point, you know, what, what do we need to be thinking about doing differently as we go forward? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a few things happening. Um, one is brand safety's become a baseline now. Um, and so I think social media platforms um, have to promise uh, a lot of things in order to uh, capture advertising spend. And the minute they um, lose out on that uh, advertisers are acting much quicker and so um you know that's that that's an evolution that's been happening over several years where um you know we're seeing the then there need to be much more rules and regulations in place in order for um social media platforms to, to prosper and to flourish and then the other is i guess you know the age of the kind of internet that we're in now is is definitely moving similar to to the move that we saw from web 1 to web 2.0 and now we're, as we're approaching web 3.3 <laughs> web 3 um the internet is just becoming a lot more immersive and i think users are becoming more empowered to control their experiences which is a great thing and 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 there's still a long way to go to ensure that social interactions are safe and and regulation remains several steps behind and probably always will but we are seeing that the age of technology and advertising companies having kind of unmitigated power is slowly crumbling as more rules and transparency come into place and advertisers are demanding more of that users are demanding more of that and governments are realizing that this is a necessity so i think we're seeing generally a move to more immersive and, and more controlled experiences. Um, yeah, there's still um, there's still a way to go, but it's going to be a good thing ultimately. 
From, from the conversations you've had, because as we know, you've been doing a lot of these conversations with both brands and agencies alike. Is there any advice or any insight that you want to call out from someone that you spoke to that you think our, our listeners should, should be aware of? I think in general, um, pause and, and be considered and be deliberate um, when you're on social media. And this is as a user as and as, as an advertiser. Uh, you know, I think it can be very easy to feel the need to rush into a, a new trend or kind of tack onto something that's trending. Um, and it's funny because this advice is not new. It's been around for ages, but we still see so many individuals and businesses um, making mistakes because they have not done proper checks. And I think it's in a way like think about think in the way that journalists think, which is, is it better to be first or is it better to be right? And and we're always in the bucket of it's much better to be right than to be first and and publish something that is inaccurate or insensitive. Um, you know, if you do your proper checks and um, cross your T's and dot your I's, then you might not be the first one to um, uh, out of the out of the gate, but you will make sure that you're protecting yourself, your brand, and and publishing something that's going to really hit home and 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 be a valuable experience so I think that's generally like a, just a good piece of advice to follow us don't rush without thought we do that in PR all the time PR 101 think it through yes you have to be fast but you also need to be right I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up a little bit um just to go to more 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 of the impact where we see social media going in general you know Twitter's recent news suggests we might pursue or might need to pursue a new avenue to seek community. As I mentioned before, the forays talked about right an inflection point. There's growing technology trends around the gaming ecosystem with the news of Netflix and Microsoft potentially partnering together for this purpose. What are your thoughts on, on gaming being the next big thing to build community? And what do you think will, how do you think that will take shape in, in the social media world? Yeah, I, I think, you know, um, I don't think there's an either or is the way that I think about the the industry and what we've seen happen. Um, the uh, the way that the industry seems to be evolving is where before there used to be clear de clear delineations between different media platforms. You know, you have gaming, you have television, you have entertainment, you have commerce, and now it, it seems that there's a convergence. You know, we're we're seeing Walmart operate a retail media network and also offer streaming within that um, premium environment. So I think the worlds are really merging. Like when you think about Meta's Horizon Worlds, is that gaming or is that social media? Is, you know, right. with Netflix's Bandersnatch experience, was that a game or was that a TV show? Like it's, it's very difficult to know. And I think that's, gaming is certainly, you know, uh, very attractive uh, as a platform for advertisers. We're seeing more money th flowing there. I don't think it's a case of, um, gaming replacing social media I think the two are certainly merging and I think they attract very different different social media platforms and different gaming platforms attract very different demographics and this is generally what I think the point is which is there's less of a focus on platform and more of a focus on audience and we we um, are going to be publishing a piece this week about short video platforms and um, why TikTok might be gathering more ad budgets than others the, the media buyers that we spoke to said, we don't have a short video budget. We don't have a gaming budget. We just have a campaign and we want to reach Gen Z or we want to reach certain audiences. And then we look for where those audiences are spending their time. And that's why gaming is, is going through a surge. There's a lot of 
um, a very attractive audience um, on those platforms that um, advertisers can't really get anywhere else. But then if you're looking for a professional audience, maybe you're going to spend more money on LinkedIn. You know, like it's, I don't think it's an either or. I think it's, 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 there's a lot of convergence. And as a consequence, the way that we're seeing the industry move is more audience-based as opposed to platform-based. I couldn't agree with you more. When we counsel our clients, we talk about the fact that you have to think about all the different types of platforms and which type of audience you want to reach that that type of platform targets. It's not an either or. It's it's how do you, how do you figure out the right mix and, and converge and converge all of these different channels together and finding the right mix that's going to actually reach your audience. I think that that is something we've been advising. It's not an either or. And you know sometimes we've had certain brands that just want to be on one platform and and that's fine, but they're not going to have the same level of reach um, that they might intend. So there's you could imagine even in the years we're in right now that um, we're still advising about how social media works in a lot of ways to some brands who are still learning how they can best tap into the into the platforms to reach the right audience. Speaking of platforms, and you mentioned TikTok, you know, I want to ask you one question about TikTok before I let you go. Um, you know, t- TikTok really changed the rules of how we create and share and discover content. H- how does TikTok stay relevant? How does TikTok continue its its growth trajectory? Yeah, I think TikTok grew through uh, unusual circumstance. You know, it it really rose through meteoric fame because of the pandemic and because we were all spending a lot of time at home and it became a platform to really express. And and I think the way that um, people in the industry seem to distinct between um, TikTok and other platforms is it's a lot more authentic. You know, you can be, um, users generally feel like they can be more of themselves versus other platforms, which are a lot more maybe curated and, um, you know, Instagram, there certainly seems to be a trend towards showing your best version, showing the best version of your life as opposed to what might be the real version. So I think it's it's interesting because that might suggest now we're back to um, post-pandemic life that TikTok's not relevant anymore, but that's certainly not the case. I think they have established such a strong baseline and they have shown that they are very good at adapting and um, and I think the key is adapting to both user behavior shifts and advertising shifts. And they have shown they're very good at doing both of those. So I, there doesn't seem to be any discussion within the industry that TikTok is going anywhere anytime soon. They have been very good at remaining relevant by offering new products. Um, you know, if 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 um, issues are raised like uh, creator monetization, they will very quickly roll something out to address that. That doesn't mean to say they're perfect. They are obviously facing regulatory challenges, but those seem to lack teeth at the moment. And I don't think anyone's concerned that TikTok's going to be turned off in the US anytime soon. So I honestly think they're they're pretty good at listening to the to the industry. And that's really what you need. And, and when we've seen platforms die in the past, MySpace and Vine, et cetera, although there's chats about Vine coming back. Let's see if that actually happens. I think the reason they died and, and when we spoke to uh, pe- uh, people within the industry at the time, they said it's because they weren't remaining relevant to the industry. They weren't responding to advertiser wants and desires and concerns. And the minute that you kind of lose touch with that is the minute that you're going to lose a lot of money, which um, 
uh, as we're seeing with Twitter, um, clearly not listening to advertiser concerns is having a huge impact on their revenue. So TikTok seems to be doing fine. Well, Jessica, this, we're already at time and I just wanted to say thank you for, for joining me. But before I let you go, we usually end with um, a final word. Um, most of our listeners are in the communications and advertising industry. And I'd love for you to give us one piece of advice or one prediction you choose of where you see um, social media heading, especially where we are right now at this inflection point. I think kind of, I had alluded to this, but um, there's a shift to empower users. Now, some of the shifts aren't as um, empowering as they may seem. A lot of it is PR and not a lot of actual action, but I think in general, um, you know, we are going to see more uh, rules and regulations and governance come into play. And it's it's just time to be more ethical about our approaches as an industry. I, don't, I think the age of um, collecting and, and using data um, that we that we don't necessarily need or or just generally unethical practices. Um, I think generally the industry knows that they, they could be doing things they shouldn't and it's probably time to start reviewing whether you're on the right side or not because the the we are seeing more things come out of the woodwork now. Um, and I think, yeah, it's it's a good time to just check if you're on the right, if you're going to be on the right side of history or not. Well, let's leave it there. Jessica, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. And um, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning into The Sway Effect, our podcast series from our network of innovators, disruptors, movers and shakers that are changing the marketing communications industry today. Keep up with the latest by following, reviewing, and subscribing to all things that we're doing by checking out our website at www.theswayeffect.com. Let us know what you thought of today's episode by leaving a comment on our LinkedIn and Instagram at The Sway Effect or on Twitter at Sway Effect.